everybody. This is Chuck Marone. Welcome to the Bottom Up Revolution. I am the president of Strong Towns. I work with Rachel Quidnow, who is the regular host of this program. Uh, she is out. She has not been around for a while, and you've been uh, not getting the regular content you're used to from her for a very special reason. And I, I think you know this if you're a regular listener, but maybe not. Rachel and her husband, Jack, had a baby boy in October, and we're really thrilled for her. Little Marshall came, and, and he's uh, a beautiful little kid. Rachel's taking some time off. I, I don't expect her back until 2023. But this is our member drive this week. And I wanted to take a bit of time to talk to you directly. Uh, some of you listen to the other podcast with Strong Towns, our, our Strong Towns podcast, which I host. Some of you listen to Upzoned with Abby Kinney. I wanted to come over here on this particular feed and chat with you a little bit and introduce you to Norm Van Eden Petersman. Norm started this summer with us as our member advocate. And I thought there's there's no better way on our member drive than to have Norm come on the bottom-up revolution and chat a little bit about how we are driving the bottom-up revolution through membership in Strong Town. So Norm, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Chuck. It's great to be back. And just to be able to take a, a week uh, to talk about the things that our members are up to, the celebration really of of what we see on a daily basis. I mean, the emails that I get in in just a few short months of being here and the stories that I've come into contact with, I think, you know, I know that there are amazing people out there just as a general given, but the correlation of amazing people, the Strong Counts members is, is quite something. And that's been really cool. It is very strange to be on the inside and be telling people who are not on the inside what's going on. And then to watch that transition. I mean, you were a member before you came to work here at Strong Towns. You had the kind of part of the, uh, the the movement experience. Talk a little bit about that transition from, in a sense, being a hero, a part of our overall movement, to now being where we're at, getting that energy and and experience and 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 hearing from so many people so often. I think my experience in many ways isn't all that unique because i had that that moment where i read a few articles on the strong town site or i think i found one about form based code and that led me to then follow up that up by reading on to a few other articles and and kind of things began to click and that experience i think is one that i hear over and over again in the new member orientation sessions that we hold where people will say i came at strong towns for one reason or another somebody told me to go check it out but before I knew it, all of a sudden I was viewing a whole bunch of correlated or sort of similarly related issues in, in a new way and in a fresher way and in a way that actually kind of gave a bit more hope, a bit more optimism. And I felt that around like pedestrian safety, for example, which seemed like a no-go no zone. There was just no real way to actually make any change on that front aside from getting people out of their vehicles, which seemed almost impossible. And yet Strong Towns is coming along saying, change the environment, change the design, uh, couldn't persuade people uh, to make rational decisions about how they get around, but don't cajole them or scold them or you know mock them or scorn them. And I thought that that was really powerful because it meant that I could use the exact same approach. I didn't have to try to persuade somebody uh, that they had to profoundly, completely upend the way that they lived in, in a suburban neighborhood in order to care about property assessments and the 
property values that they were holding dear for themselves. And yet I could say, but this pattern of development is making us all poor. We're all suffering because of this. Our lack of interest in the common good and the common realm is actually not just from a, a it's not just a critique of, of one's own selfishness, but a perception that like this is going to come back to haunt us. And so there was like the negative side of like, oh, man, this is really not good. And then the more positive side of, you know, there are genuinely real things that we can be doing. And so coming on to Strong Towns to be part of the staff was for me to be able to like, I want more people to, on the one hand, have my experience of like finding it, being like, oh man, this is awesome. And then running with it, as well as supporting other people that were coming at it in a different way, perhaps coming in the midst of tragedy or coming in the midst of uncertainty or on on a search for you know a search for meaning within their chosen profession to say we we actually are able to speak to these issues i think in a way that really resonates with so many people as it as it certainly did for me when we were imagining this position the one that you're taking it it, it felt like a little bit of a luxury that our membership has allowed us to do, but it also felt like an obligation to our membership. So your role is actually called member advocate. You you are the internal advocate for members within the movement and the organization. You are also an external advocate for growing the movement and, and, and members. Talk to me a little bit about the mindset of the advocate part of member advocate. What, what does that meant? You've been here since uh, late July, so we're we're a few months in, but I've noticed massive changes in terms of how the rest of the team is talking about members, how the, just the organization is talking about members, and how members themselves are looking at themselves and their own role in this movement. What what does the advocacy part of this mean to you? It goes back to the origin of how Strong Towns began to have members, because it began with in the purest form, you could say. It was, hey... Hey, we love this. We want to support what's happening here. And and for you, Chuck, and for others with the organization, be like, oh, uh, does anybody know how to you know process this sort of stuff? And then okay, and so tell you what, give us anything, and you can become a member. And and right. that spirit has lived on. <laughs> I remember. Along... I remember those days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was cool. I mean, another staff retreat to meet one of the original donors, uh, Nate Hood, and to realize like, oh, this guy has been here from the beginning and has continued to sustain the organization, you know, financially, but even more importantly, just by being a part of what we would, you know, we continue to say is a movement of of individuals. But tied in with that then is I got to come along at, I think, a key moment where a squeaky wheel was finally ready to be dealt with. There was a perception as I read sort of what Strong Towns was up to that uh, the membership program was, you know, went through various iterations, but Really, you need to get to a certain stage of considerable membership growth, where then all of a sudden your older patterns and and holding things together with Baylor Twine and duct tape uh, starts to break apart a little bit. And so that was that next level of saying, okay, let's flesh out our program. And so one of the things I'm super excited about is to dig into our membership records and say, if you have given us, you know, for 75 months straight, a donation. We should be celebrating that. And and honestly, that's gone somewhat unnoticed. And it, it's it's not because of a lack of genuine thanks, thankfulness for this, but just a lack of capacity to to highlight that at the the opportune moment. So we're figuring that out. I'm really excited to be able to send somebody uh their you know 100th donation plaque or whatever. Well, maybe not a plaque, but whatever we come up with. Um, because I remember how significant it was when my dad 
uh, hit a certain milestone, I think 50 donations of blood as a regular blood donor. And there was that acknowledgement, what you have done is a good thing. And when I think of people supporting the Strong Council organization and seeing its reach go to schools, go to engineering faculties, go to communities, go to places overseas, you think we're, we're doing something that's really necessary and really important. It is humbling. And it has been since day one. I felt like in those early days when we were stumbling around trying to figure things out and we had people who came up alongside of us and said, hey, we're with you. Here's 10 bucks. Hey, we're with you. Here, here's here's five bucks a month. It was one of those things where it actually was just almost overwhelming to me. I, I didn't even know how to say thank you to people who would do that because I, I felt such a debt of gratitude. It doesn't get old now that it's 30, you know, 3,400 plus members, it, you know, on our, we're, we're trying to get to 3,500 plus this member drive. It doesn't get old. And when I'm out on the road and I meet someone who says, I am a member of Strong Towns, I've donated something to this organization, even if it's a, a dollar or a thousand dollars or whatever it is, it is an extra step that they've taken to support not just you and me and the staff here in the organization, the content stream, all the stuff we do, but it's to support this overall concept and to say, these are important ideas. We want this movement to, to grow. And I think the, the, the thing that makes me feel uh, proud along with the humble is that I feel like we've done justice to what our members have asked us to do, right? Like this movement has grown a lot. We've been very strategic about it. We have not wasted people's uh, precious donations. We actually get up every morning and say, how do we, how do we do honor to all these heroes out here who are doing stuff? And how do we keep this movement growing? Because that's the biggest force for good, for change that we can come up with. I want to give you a moment just to to, to dwell on any other impressions you've got. And then I want to ask you about some of the things that we've done in the past for members and we're, we're maybe institutionalizing now and some of the new things that we're doing, but just go ahead. I, I know you have some member stories and I know there's been some things that have jumped out at you since you've been here. And I, I want to give you a chance to, to voice some of those. Yeah. I just had a chat. I think it was last week uh, with a member of Viona who's living out in Texas and she shared a little bit of her story. She said that she grew up in Washington, D.C., lived sort of in a community in a residential area that was vibrant, full of life. And over time, she she met her husband. They went away uh, and moved to other places in, in the United States, more, most re more recently in Modesto, California, a much more sprawling sort of community built according to the suburban experiment, and then moved outside of Houston uh, to an even more sort of suburban style development bordering on rural. And she said it almost paralleled for her this like reverse realization of what the community needs were. So in Washington, as she described it, she said, you know, she just generally lived. But each time she moved to a more remote area, she said, I had to grapple with these greater needs. And, and it wasn't that she was saying, you know, I resist this. No, she said, we've gone and done this together. Um, but what she was able to take was a, a deeper appreciation for why Strong Towns is insisting that all of our communities, not just an urban place or a rural place need to need this message, but like that we need to get at each level, figure out like, how do you address those things that are breaking and and find ways in order to make that that happen really well. And so she was doing that in her community. 
Another uh, resident in Cypress, Texas, she said, I did not know what it meant to live in an unincorporated area. Um, I need to be able to figure out how to like engage my community. And she said, thank you for all these resources as I was sending them off to her. And I was just like excited because here she was to uh, ready to be uh, another guide. And so part of what I've just observed is that people want to be able to connect their story and what they're experiencing uh, with these key concepts that Strong Towns is able to offer them. And so another environmental consultant, she had done uh, tons of work outside of Toronto, continuing to help communities to build. And she was providing environmental um, programs to basically help to address some of the flooding issues and other things like that. But she said, our work was always being done in isolation and never in consideration of the broader question, should we be carrying on this scale of development uh, that that is continuing to sprawl, continuing to uh, have these consequences on, on municipal budgets and all of that sort of stuff. And, and it was really cool because I could learn from her as an environmental professional and yet also to be able to show her alternatives, uh, approaches that other communities are beginning to take uh, to take care of of their needs in a more localized way to figure those things out uh, to be able to figure out how do we incorporate more housing on land that is already set aside for housing and so uh, that that was really cool another guy that I love too where he said oh Chuck is coming to Kamloops uh, for an event how about he come and talk to my city council in Golden Golden BC which is this small little community but that that hunger and that interest to have the Strong Towns approach applied in his community, I think, was uh, really exciting. And so that was for uh, uh, for Phil. It was unfortunately we couldn't go there in person, but we could definitely share uh, tons of resources to to help him as he uh, works in local government there. It's fun because because I get to travel a lot, and because I am a large, mostly the one who's out doing public events and public speaking. I, I get this interaction all the time, and it's fun to see it seeping out into your work and to others. And, and, you know, we have this cadre of writers and producers and people who are, are putting together all this really great content. We've really beefed up the, what I'm going to just call the action side of the organization. I, I want to ask you a little bit about the onboarding process that we have for new members, because it, back in like 2013, 2014, it was, I would send people a thank you email that I wrote personally and it got to be too much. And I started doing thank you letters and that got to be too much. And then we would do, I, I don't know, there was, we were lost in the wilderness for a while. One thing we recognized was that our new members, they all have a story to tell. They all have something they want to talk about. And they're all very interested in this movement. We started this new member onboarding before you got here, but it's really accelerated since. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what new members should expect when they sign up and join and what that process is and, and really why we do it. At the core of it is the beginning begins with gratitude and a passionate desire. I think as our strong team looks at it, a passionate desire uh, to take whatever we have available and, and supply that to our members and say, if you are lacking for anything, you know, it's sort of like a uh, when you walk into like a bicycle store and and here's a helmet and here's this and here's this because we want you to have such a good experience as you're going out because we have members that are showing up and they will have been following along for for many years 
I do personally love the responses of some folks who are like, you know, I should have done this ages ago, but now I finally am because that was me. I, I totally recognize myself in that. And then we'll have someone else that will be like, I found a Not Just Bikes video yesterday. I basically didn't sleep. And now here I am at your door <laughs> because I'm so excited to become a Strong Towns member. And, and really, when I do the new member orientation, we have people really across that whole spectrum. Some that are, you know, almost long in the tooth with Strong Towns ideas because they've been at this for a long time and just said, oh, it felt like it was finally time. And to them, I'm like, absolutely. And yet for the new folks as well, we wanted to say, once you join, we want to lay out sort of the opening orientation. Here's what you can expect. But we know that people are coming for different things. And so if they need more, or information, we've got oodles and oodles and oodles of it. If they need connections, I think that's going to be a huge step uh, that we make in the, this coming year where we are able to connect a lot more people where they live uh, to their local conversations as John Patterson is doing all of that work. And just as our membership continues to grow, it's like a, a flywheel that begins to pick up speed. And now it becomes even, I mean, it has felt unstoppable to this point. I think we've just begun to see uh, that that next phase of that flywheel really kicking in and beginning to generate a lot of momentum. And so that will mean that for our new members, uh, they get a, a short guided email journey for the first, I think, week and a half, where it's kind of a, a quick rundown. Instead of having somebody stand on the, the property line and say, okay, that's the house. And by the way, the bathroom is third door to the right. And if you go upstairs, watch that you don't smash your head into the exposed beam. Like Instead, we have just said, okay, let's take people in room by room by room room, show them different aspects of what they can draw upon in order to take action where they live. And, and then another key part of it is be, just being available. Uh, I've had people say, I'm trying to figure this out. I Can you get me information on zoning regulations related to commercial businesses? I say, well, I, I can't help you on your localish area, but here's some great resources. Here's a good in indication of what other people have done on things like that, or parking minimums. Uh, we've got, you know, we've gotten article for everything. And I think that's one of the things that John Pattison was blown away was uh, in our new member orientation, someone would mention something and I would drop in the chat, oh, we wrote about that. And and it was because I've been at this for a while. And so I was able to kind of pull all of those oldies but goodies out and say, oh, you got to read this. This is one of my favorites. And I always like to ask new members, like, what's your favorite article? And it's, it's all over the map. People will have like some classic uh, that you wrote or Andrew Price wrote or whomever, or it might be one of the new ones that has just come up and is is clicking with a lot of people. I think that this idea of the movement growing and creating this flywheel effect, this accelerated effect is so powerful because I, I, I do remember when we were 500. I remember when we broke the thousand range. And I, I remember it was somewhere between that 500 and a thousand where we had a member in every state. And I remember plotting up the map and showing people like we we now are reaching into every state in the United States. And, and at some point it became also every Canadian province. And, and now at, you know, well over 3000 some members, it is not just that, but everybody listening to us in the US and Canada lives almost certainly within half an hour or 45 minutes of another Strong Towns member. At one point we calculated that every city in the US had on average 60 people who had read a Strong Towns article in the last year. And 
those kind of numbers like blow your mind because now you're showing up for a public meeting. Now you're sharing something with your friends and neighbors. Now you're talking about an issue and you're not having to start from scratch to explain everything to everybody. You have a basic shared understanding that you can start to build from. And I do think part of the acceleration and part of why the, the time for you to be here is so apropos is that our membership is ready for this, right? Like, I feel like we're ready for the next step of uh, of of really supporting our members as heroes as they go out and do really astounding things. Can we, at the end here, just talk about local conversations a little bit? I, on the Strong Downs podcast, I'm going to interview John Battison, who's running our local conversations program. He's done a, just astounding work over the last 12 months to make that program what it is. But let me get your thoughts and impressions a little bit too, because this is obviously deeply intersecting with membership and everything that we see our members doing. As an frequently or almost primarily online organization, the challenge can be that our, our community of people that we are connecting with feels like the only people that you'll be able to connect with are online. And the the turn happens when you begin to meet the same people in your own community and you realize, okay, this is really cool. And so I had that experience in, I can't remember what year it was. I should know as part of the lore of my own experience of being part of Strong Towns is I casually referenced Strong Towns to my brother-in-law, Mitch Durandwood and Emma Durandwood, who are, you know, family and yet being from different cities. And yet I began to say like, you got to check this out and sort of spouting off different concepts of different things. And, and that led to some really cool opportunities where, where Mitch began writing about it. Emma was passionate about it. And as a result, when we would get together for beers on the patio, we would talk about these things and I could on the one hand, just like nerd out about things that I was passionate about, but it was also that opportunity to realize they also see this. Like, I'm not alone. I'm not in, you know, the idea of like, like a million local heroes is is not even hyperbole. Like, I, I think that we can readily explain that there are that many people taking this, this message and, and approach and applying it. But one of the ways that we demonstrate that and even sort of strengthen that is by having people in clusters, creating the, the local swarm of, of activists um, that are, are saying, you know, what's, what's something that we can do in our community to address where it's struggling? Our community needs more housing. And so what I've enjoyed is working in our community with a local conversations group. We call ourselves Deltons for People-Oriented Places. And I think I was the only person that knew of Strong Towns when I started, when myself and another person started the group. And yet, over time, they are now like becoming Strong Towns members. One got in an application to work for Strong Towns because he was very passionate about it. And in addition to other things, in fact, one of the members was so passionate. He said, you know, I kind of don't want to do my regular job. I want to just like do this stuff. And I was like, well, <laughs> you should keep a regular job. It's it's recommended. But I definitely was like thrilled to see that like the currency was something that was shared. There there was a sense like these values transfer really well across the border. There was a, a commentator on our local Facebook page and he said, strong towns uh, rebuilding American prosperity. They they want American prosperity and we're in Canada, don't you? You know, and I was just like, you know, brother, I encourage you to just check it out because I bet you'll find that there's a lot in there for you as a Canadian as well. And and I think that can be the opening for that first or that next level of conversation that you have with people. And 
the challenge of local conversations is just finding the time for it, uh, the energy for it, and the 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 motivation. And I think when you have some of those wins where you say, "Oh, so and so showed up," they have been. And they had done independently a deep dive into this, and now they're ready to join with me in taking on these actions. I just got an email the other day uh, from someone in Winnipeg. They want to start a, a strong towns group up in Winnipeg. Lots of good things happening, and now they want to take that work of bringing people together. And I, I think that that only spells uh, success for us. I think that will be fantastic too. Yeah, it's been amazing because as I've spent time traveling around this year, when I get near where one of those local conversations are, there's just this upswell of energy because, uh, you know, it's one thing to go to a place and share a message and people get excited and people get very enthused about things and it's great. And there's a certain amount of energy that you leave behind, right? There's like a swapping of, uh, of, of energy in a sense, but with the local conversations, it's accelerated because you're getting to a group that's plugged in, that's already doing stuff that is helping each other and, and plugged into this broader national network of other local conversations that are struggling in, in similar ways to get this message out and to make changes in their place. And all of a sudden, when you go there, um, it's like they're already, they're already running, right? Like you're just stepping in beside them. And it is a very, very powerful thing. Norm, I know we've got a lot planned for next year. You know, we're kind of in the end of the year. We got a member drive now. We've got some other things we're wrapping up. We're going to be kicking off 2023 very soon. I don't know as we want to preview too much because I want to roll out some stuff as time goes on, but I'm enthused about what we have in store for our members. Maybe I'll give you some last words before we close out the, the Bottom Up Revolution podcast. This is very much still in the ideas jar, but I think it's one that is is percolating and almost ready. And, and that is... Uh, to in provide ways of providing sort of basic instruction for writing about your own local community. And so we want to talk about it as like a creator's workshop. Actually, writing is not the only form of, of spreading a message. We see people doing this with TikTok videos. We see members doing this with YouTube channels or any, and, you know, many other forms, even just a, a great uh, Twitter feed uh, as, as you see people taking uh, the message and applying it where they live. And so one of the things that I'm working on, and if anyone out there has some suggestions on how to do this well, we want to provide, in a sense, that that first level coaching for people to say, here's what you can do if you want to get started. Mitch Randwood, who writes the Dear Winnipeg blog, he did that for me, spent an hour on Zoom. He claims he doesn't even remember what I asked him. But for me, it left such an impression because I picked up tips and tricks and suggestions about how to craft a message and then also how to make it uh, reach people in a way that was going to be beneficial. I, you know, I couldn't peel the paint off of the city government and then expect a good audience. It, it had to be an engagement, a conversation, and and so I think that's one of the things that I'm really excited about. And I think what it will do is also uh, give us ways to capture the stories that people are creating and, and the insights that they are generating uh, in their own communities. I talk about it as like the conveyor belt and bringing up to um, our platforms, which have a wide audience, bringing up to those places uh, the opportunity for people to, to share what they're doing in their story. We do that sometimes with our podcasts. We will feature member articles, but I would love to see like 
you know, if we have a million local uh, local heroes, we have a thousand local conversations. I think in the middle, ten thousand member blogs and other media things would be a pretty sweet goal uh, to be aiming at. And I think we can come alongside a lot of our members and helping them uh, to do that. So stay tuned for that. It's still in progress uh, in the in the thinking system, but uh, we're we're on our way with that. I love I, I love this vision because I mean, Strong Town started as a, a blog. Uh, just writing about what I was seeing and experiencing. And I think we all have our own local stories. And this message is so much more powerful when it's put to work locally by people, by heroes who actually look at their own place and say, here's how these ideas apply here. And here's how we can make things better. I want to maybe close out by just, again, acknowledging Rachel. I <laughs> We text every now and then. I'm in this like fine space where I really don't want to intrude on her maternity leave and the time with her baby, but I also want baby pictures. And <laughs> I also just miss her because her and I talk like all the time. And so I've, I've felt very lonely uh, not having her here, but she should be back uh, in 2023. She should be back hosting the bottom up revolution and she should be back um, hanging out with you and me and figuring stuff. And, back new and improved, right? I mean, you're a parent, uh, being a parent changes you in some ways. And I can't wait to have, uh, Marshall interrupting our staff meetings and what have you, the way that Daniel's kids and, and, and your, your, your son did today and other things. It's, it's all part of, uh, the experience. So, yeah. So to everybody listening, just want to say thank you to all of our members. Thank you to everybody who's already signed up to be a member look for some recognition that we haven't had the bandwidth in the past to do, but we are very serious about now. There's a lot of people to celebrate. And if you're not a member, consider signing up this week. This is our member drive. Membership means a lot to us as a movement, not just in terms of revenue, which is one very important part, but also just in terms of the size and capacity. Um, the fact that we can say we have people in every state, we have people in every province, we have people very near you. These things grow and accelerate and expand on each other. And the more this movement grows, the more effective it is in sharing this message, the more headwinds we gain. So Norm, how does someone sign up to become a member of Strong Towns? I'll let you do this one. Hey, very good. Yeah, head on over to strongtowns.org slash membership. And right on the main, uh, the first page that you get to, you'll see a opportunity to make a donation to Strong Towns. And that is also the way in which you become a member. Any amount, if you're able to provide a recurring monthly donation, uh, that helps us with revenue forecasting and other things like that. Uh, but truly, uh, once a month or once a year, uh, whatever that looks like for you, uh, that's your opportunity to sign up. And then once you've become a member, one of the first things that we do is you'll see Chuck's smiling face as he welcomes you in a welcome video. And you will then be part of uh, this, this growing uh, multitude of members uh, that are uh, doing, I mean, I think we can steal your your catchphrase. We are doing what we can uh, to build yeah, strong towns. Are. And so you'll be part of that whole group and uh, it'll be so exciting. And, and then in time, you'll hear from me as well. And we'll be, we'll be having opportunities for question and answer time, uh, office hours, which we haven't even gotten into, but we'll be we talking about that. We didn't get into that. that. I know we yeah. should, but- Ah, uh, we're that, gonna we're, okay. Yeah. Preview. We're gonna launch office hours for our members next in the next year, and it's gonna be super exciting. I'm gonna do them. Norm's gonna do them. A bunch of other people are gonna be able to be. So I feel like there's so much stuff here that's brewing for our members. I, I tell you what, sign up, become a member now. We're gonna be doing a new member orientation. I just want to see everybody's face. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. 
Thanks, Norm. Thanks, Chuck. Have a great day. How does Rachel sign off on these? I'm not even sure. I don't. Does she do our usual catch line? I should know. I, I really should know too. Know. I don't really know either. Well, if she doesn't, I will do it this time and this time only. Keep doing what you can to build a strong town. Take care, friend. Mm-hmm.